from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And when you were first making this corn maze, were you doing this the old-fashioned way? And, and by that I mean, of course, luring aliens to your farm to flatten these corn stalks. That's right. Well, aliens had the appropriate technology, and so we decided <laughs> that uh, it was definitely better to, uh, to engage with them. Maybe you've heard that you know, if you go into a maze and you just imagine your right hand on the right wall, eventually you'll come out the uh, exit. Mm -hmm. But with the bridge, that is no longer the case. So we can uh, isolate different sections and make the maze a little more complex. The uh, 2001 maze was uh, so challenging, we actually had to put a warning in uh, one section of the maze that said, if you enter this pathway, it's gonna take you an additional hour. I'm Sarah Fenske. This year, when you enter the corn maze at Eckert's location in Millstadt, Illinois, you aren't just going into a labyrinth. You're entering a 12-acre tribute to healthcare workers. For the first time in Millstadt's 20 years of corn mazes, this year's design came from a community-wide contest. A Freeburg Community High School student named Riley Thompson was the winner, with a hand-drawn sketch honoring healthcare workers. Letters spell out our heroes. There's a heart. There's even a caduceus. That's the symbol that represents American healthcare, now drawn in corn. So what did patrons think about this? Well, our producer Evie Hemphill was in Millstadt yesterday and talked to people finding their way through the rows of corn. My name is Lindsay Schertzer. It's more difficult than you think. <laughs> I'd say the kids have been in there 10 or 15 minutes so far, and I have no, <laughs> I haven't seen them at all. So I have to say, did you see that part where it says our heroes in the corn maze? I think that's really neat. My name is Kristen Johnson. All right, have you done one of these before? No. Not in a long time. It looks like you have kind of a big group today. We do. How many do we got, Jules? They all disappeared. I don't know, 10. It's like 10. You mentioned you were trying to spook some people. What did you do? Um, I actually went off, I ran off course, and I hid in the, the corn until they came around the corner, and I jumped out, and I scared them. Successfully? Yes. We're, so we just, we just started, started, but it seems it seems cool, yeah. Yeah, I like the design. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a very appropriate theme this year. Um, have you ever done one before, either of you? Yes, we this well one. we've been here <laughs> a few times. Yeah, it's just kind of I don't know. Mazes are fun. It's a fun adventure. I mean, yeah, mazes are fun. Yeah, you get lost and try to find your way back out again. Right. <laughs> did you complete it? Yes, we did. It was actually really hard for some reason. You just can't see where you're going at all because it's so tall. So you just kind of make your way through and end up out somehow. Okay, did you stick with people or kind of do your own solo adventure? I stuck with my grandma and my grandpa and my cousin. So, What do you think made this one particularly challenging? Uh, the kids with us leading the way. We, uh, they led us in circles a couple times. We made it through, we hit three of the checkpoints, but we did find the exit without cheating. <laughs> Any thoughts kind of generally on what it is about a corn maze that is appealing to people? It seems like this is a tradition that keeps persisting. Yeah, um, you know, just uh, not knowing where you're going to end up, getting lost, and then uh, 
finding your way out eventually. It's it's always a fun adventure. I would be curious how long it takes to make a corn maze this size, because this is massive. And that was our producer, Evie Hemphill, on the ground in Millstadt. And so how did Eckert's translate a healthcare hero sketch into an actual corn maze? How long did that take? Well, for that, they turned to a company called Maze Quest. And joining us today to explain what happens next is Hugh McPherson. He's the company's founder and owner. So, Hugh, welcome. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's just so fun to hear people talking about their experience in the maze. It never gets old. Never gets old. And you've been doing this for a while. You've been doing this more than 20 years now. What what first got you started in this? Uh, well, I came back to my family's farm and I realized uh, that we were going to have to do something a little different. Now, I grew up very much like uh, Eckert's where the, the, the current generation there grew up with pick your own apples. So we were used to people coming to the farm. And uh, when we saw, I actually saw a uh, farm in Canada, Saunders Farm, that had uh, tons of hedge mazes. And I thought, gosh, I'm too impatient <laughs> for the, waiting for the hedges. We got to find something else. And uh, that's where uh, the corn maze had kind of uh, just started. So we were probably the Maybe the, maybe the third or fourth corn maze anywhere here in uh, York County, Pennsylvania. And when you were first making this corn maze, were you doing this the old-fashioned way? And, and by that I mean, of course, luring aliens to your farm to flatten these corn stalks. That's right. Well, aliens had the appropriate technology, and so we decided <laughs> that uh, it was definitely better to uh, to engage with them in talks to do this. Um, but, well, we actually did it very much in an ancient fashion. So uh, there, are, there are figures that you can only see from the sky in South America. Uh, the crop circles had been done for uh, years in advance. Um, turns out those were done by people. And uh, the way we used to do it is indeed by hand and we'd make one small block on the paper equal one really big block in the cornfield and then you'd get out there and and just trample out the corn (laughs) well we would mark everything out first and uh and make sure that we had it all right and then we'd go through with uh walk behind rototillers and uh, till out every edge of every pathway until it was perfect. Wow. I imagine that would take a pretty good chunk of time. A maze the size of Eckert's, which is very similar to our home maze here, it would take us four or five days to lay it out and uh, get it cut out so that the pathways were walkable with no more corn grown in there. So that was the way you were doing it when you first started doing it. But now I understand, like everything, uh, technology has given you a little bit of an assist. How are you uh, constructing a corn maze now? Well, it's it has really uh, improved. And of course, our, our design process we'll talk about a little later but getting that maze from the design into the field of course has tracked right along with the uh, improvements in GPS technology Hmm. so uh, up till 2004 for 2004 is kind of the first time we found a GPS unit that was declassified and accurate enough um, and affordable enough for us farmers to uh, get a hold of that we could start laying out the mazes using GPS. And there we would still do it kind of the old way. We would actually just walk the pathways, marking every edge of every pathway, and then come back in and do it. And as things have gotten better and better, 
now we can actually have the GPS unit on the tractor and we can use the tractor uh, to cut. We don't even have to mark it out in advance. Everything is so uh, precise now. We can go through in one pass, mark, cut, and uh, when when our man Tim is out of the has has driven out of the maze, you can walk right down all the pathways. Wow! So this used to take four to five days um, of just working, working, working. How fast can you get something like this done now? Yeah, so Eckert's maze, Tim was likely on site there somewhere between five to seven hours to get everything just exactly right. Hmm. And is that different if you're dealing with kind of a custom design like this, where a high school kid has sketched a caduceus on the back of a napkin? Does that add a layer of complication? Yes. Well, that is part of the design process. And so uh, one of the kind of fun things that we've done over the years, it used to kind of just be us. And then uh, we had a lot of farmers ask us, you know, how are you doing this? And so we kind of use that farmer cooperative mentality and we hired uh, designer Dave, uh, who everybody can jump on Amazon, see, look for Dave Phillips. He's got tons of maze books in print. So we kind of stole him out of the out of the publishing industry, and he now creates all of our artwork. And so it would be a really big lift to ask uh, people to submit mazes. And so we said, well, why don't we just have the uh, you know folks submit in uh, inspiration? Hmm. And so that was kind of the, the fun part, was getting to see all of these different um, kids just having a different look at how are we going to say thank you uh, to, the, uh, to the local heroes there. And then we'll take their sketch. And then designer Dave, you know, created the final maze. And it's just, uh, it, it was really fun. Dave really enjoyed it, um, you know, to, uh, he, he of course loves to, he, he makes mazes for kids books, right? So he just loved interacting and, uh, and, and getting to take someone's design and, uh, and then turn it into a maze that's actually fun to walk through. So it seems like that might be a different maze than the maze that you'd see in the pages of a book. Like you can make a maze pretty complicated in a book and you don't have to worry about somebody being stuck there overnight because they're so lost. Like, how do you go about thinking about, okay, we need to make one that makes sense for people who are there on foot and maybe don't want to spend four hours? <laughs> well, and uh, that is one of the reasons uh, that Eckert's probably works with us is because we have done it wrong every way you can possibly <laughs> imagine. And uh, we've made them too easy, uh, where people go in, they get out, and they go, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't any big deal. And uh, early, in our, early in our years, back in 2001, uh, we had just been listening to our guests say, you know, we want it harder, we want it harder. And so we said, okay, here you go. And the uh, 2001 maze was uh, so challenging challenging. We actually had to put a warning in uh, one section of the maze that said, if you enter this pathway, it's going to take you an additional hour. Wow. And uh, I'm not so going to take that, that path. I mean, just me personally. That was, yeah. And then part of the maze didn't get used. So we have really over the years kind of dialed it in where Dave likes to use very few dead ends and, uh, and, and a very uh, open and looping concept so that people keep moving. And if they do end up in a dead end, uh, Eckerts has put out their game stations. So you get a reward if you end up in a dead end. So you're actually incentivizing the dead ends? People should be trying to hit them? That's right. That's right. So one of the great things that, uh, that we've discovered over the years is that the one of the reasons, and you could hear in those families, right, and the kids and the teenagers and, and the parents, you could hear every family had kind of a different way they were going to win. Some people go in and just want to get out. 
Great. Some people will go in and they want to find every single game station that they can find and they do the complete scavenger hunt every corner of the maze. Great. And some people want to go in and maybe they just find the pictures along the way uh, of the local heroes and uh, that's good enough for them. Or they just answer the trivia questions. And that's why the mazes are so cool because you can really kind of gear it for your family and kind of choose your level of victory. Hmm. So I have to ask about one thing. You know, our producer was on site yesterday talking to people and and she reported back to me that there's almost like a, a bridge where people can maybe get a better view of what's going on. Is that there for like a pair say who's like when is my kid ever going to get out of this thing like what, what's the, the point of that there <laughs> yes well the bridge has many uh many options so yes uh it you could have it be worried parent bridge i would like to think of it as i'm going to get a good picture of the of the of the people coming out uh victorious right they uh they kind of will exit under that bridge which is really fun but the bridge also gives uh, us the ability to design the maze in a uh, in a way. Maybe you've heard that you know, if you go into a maze and you just imagine your right hand on the right wall, eventually you'll come out the uh, exit. Mm-hmm. But with the bridge, that is no longer the case. So we can uh, isolate different sections and make the maze a little more complex when we add that third dimension, the ability to go over a pathway. Interesting. Well, we're talking today about the many uh, factors that go into corn maze design. We're talking to uh, the founder and owner of the company Maze Quest, which built the one there in Eckert's um, in Millstadt. Uh, pretty cool design honoring healthcare workers. And Hugh, as I think about how these designs have changed over time, I have to wonder how much drones are playing a role in this. Like now, it's much easier for people to get aerial views of these mazes. Is this there this idea of trying to just go over the top? Like you want the cool design possible in a way that people wouldn't have even cared about maybe 20 years ago. Well, for us, we always cared about it. And uh, that's just kind of our uh, our focus on, uh, I mean, I, I am a consumer of entertainment activities too, right? And and so I want to make sure, uh, you know, that, that the guests who are coming, so we've done all kinds of, uh, you might remember the Stanley Cup maze that they did in Milstadt mm. uh, a couple years ago. They did the big apple tree last year. We've actually worked with them for eight years. They've been doing these big mazes, which has been really fun. But every time, uh, there's always a map out front, and you really want the guest to plug in, right? And and so it has to look good. Now, I will tell you, uh, I used to have to drive to the local airport, hire a guy, get in a plane, you know, one of the rickety little one-engine planes, and go fly over, try to stick your camera out the window, and, you know, get a good picture of it. Much easier with drones. <laughs> so it is way, way better with uh, with drones. And I, I just think we're all kind of used to getting that perspective now. And uh, they, they really are. I think you get to appreciate them better now that we can get video, you know, from the from the drone and um, and be able to really interact with it at that level. And you can really get a better sense, I think, of the artwork. It's a lot easier now. Yeah, has maybe that just led to a greater appreciation of your work? I think so. And, uh, that, and you know, just as you can hear them, you know, gosh, I couldn't see anything that I was doing, right? You know, the one girl said, I, I, it's, it's really hard. I can't see where I'm going. And uh, to be able to get that, that kind of final view as you pan up and fly away and you can see where all the people are walking around in the little maze, um, I, I think that really uh, just makes that final connection. Hey, you know, I, I accomplished something. I got out of, you now. I mean, their maze is basically the size of like seven, eight football fields. 
that's big, yeah. right? Everybody knows what a football field looks like. Seven football fields, and you got out of it? I mean, that's really cool. So this whole thing is pretty cool. I got to say, like, you you know, you started with your family farm here, and you have made a pretty cool job for yourself here, getting to run Maze Quest and, and getting involved in this. I'm wondering, is this just a, a seasonal thing where you find yourself just so busy every fall, and then winter you're kind of, like, twiddling your thumbs? <laughs> uh, if only that were the case. Yes, there's always things to do on the farm. And for us, now we spend the winter designing the mazes. This year, we're going to start designing almost uh, as soon as the maze closes in November. Uh, Designer Dave is back at it. We're getting ready for uh, 2022. Um, as you had mentioned before, mazes have become this integral part of the fall experience. Um, they They aren't going away just like Apple orchards aren't going away and pumpkin patches aren't going away um, because you get that family victory. Where else can you go with somebody in a stroller, somebody almost too cool to hang out with the parents, right? That big age range and everybody, when you're in something this big, you have got to work together. And I think that's the magic of, of mazes. Yeah, and it seems like you've almost found like a pandemic-proof business in that this is something people can do when they're distant from each other, they're doing it outside. This is like a, a pretty safe activity at this point that we're in in time. Absolutely. And last year just proved how I, I part of me wonders, were were we drifting away from getting out, getting getting outside outdoors? And uh, boy, I can just tell you that the the number of comments we received in 2020 and I'm sure they received at, at Eckert's, too, were just we are so thankful that there is somewhere we can go and get out of the house, get off the screen and just be together. And yeah, seven football fields, you can have a lot of people in there and you won't see anybody. <laughs> it's easy to social distance when, uh, you know, I'm looking at the at the caduceus there and, uh, you know, some of those sections where where they uh, where it's wrapping around the uh, the center pole some of those pathways are 30 to 45 feet wide wow just the pathway so you got plenty of space out there and um you know, I, I think that was a, just a wonderful role. I mean, yes, farms are out, we're out here feeding people, right? I mean, you can't get any more, uh, you know, important than that. But now I think that that connection has come back after last year where people understand, like, this is just a great, safe, no screens place to go. Well, that's a great advertisement right there. Um, if you want to check out this uh, labyrinth for yourself, Eckert's Farm in Millstadt is open Wednesday through Sunday this fall. The corn maze is open Friday through Sunday. You can reserve a ticketed time slot on those days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Those begin at 9 a.m. Uh, go to Eckert's.com for more information about that. And Hugh McPherson, the founder and owner of Maze Quest, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I really appreciate it. And, and just remember, whichever, wherever you go, don't forget the apples. This episode was produced by Alex Hoyer and Evie Hemphill with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. 
Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.